Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Always glad to have this guy back. A close personal friend. He's a great doctor. Uh, Inspiration.health is his website. It's Dr. Jesse Lopez. Doc, how are you? Good to see you. I'm doing great. It's Friday. Woohoo! It is Friday. We should be cheering, but there's so much going on politically that uh, it's not really much to cheer about. But but when it comes to what's going on with COVID-19, when it comes to what's going on with what we now know about where it came from, it's from the lab, what we now know about um, Moderna paying big bucks to the CDC, um, and also people still going after ivermectin, I, I figure we have to have Jesse on to just sort of break this stuff down. Now, early on, when um, when COVID-19 showed up, one of the early therapeutics that was suggested was called remdesivir. And remdesivir was supposed to be this great thing that would help out, but it turns out there are major issues with that medication via studies. And I want you to tell me about those, about those studies. And, and just so it? people understand, Jesse has been on my show for more than two years and has told nothing but the truth. All peer-based studies, all real information, nothing political, nothing about making money or not making money. This is simply the truth, and, and I appreciate you doing that. So go ahead. Remdesivir, again, early on, hey, this is great. And then it wasn't so great. Then ivermectin, not, not so great. Now it's great. For some reason, there's, there's a debate going on, and they're both included. Why? Right. Well, you know, recently here, just literally within this past month, a new article came out in JAMA that was touting that ivermectin equivocally studied and does not have any benefit at all because they did this particular study from a higher dose perspective. Most of the studies in the past were only three days worth right. of ivermectin and at a low dose. Okay, and I've so- got to, I'm not going to stop you there because now, now we know the information that somebody's saying it's not effective. You and I both know because we talked about it. 77 plus studies say it is effective. So, so go from there. Absolutely. So this particular study claimed that because on this higher dosing that it was found to not be effective at all. Now, that doesn't even take into account that they did not start them on the ivermectin until day number five. And also in this particular study, they did not have the patients eat a fatty meal for better absorption because that is very important when someone takes ivermectin. But when I looked at this and I look at these other articles that come out, I am very concerned about the academic malfeasance or lack of integrity that I have seen over the past two years. So guess what I did, Joe? I did some further digging as I always do. And what I found out was that Susanna Nagel, MD, who is the lead author on this particular journal study that came out, has some interesting, I would say, uh, connections. Okay. Uh, as, as I evaluated this, first of all, most of the studies that she's participated with get a significant amount of financing or funding from the National Institute of Health, which, of course, you know, if you're getting that kind of funding from the NIH, which Dr. Fauci is associated, you're not going to say something that goes contrary to his particular narrative or you right. lose your funding. Right. Or in some cases, if you agree to his narrative, like several uh, physicians did and PhDs did, then you get money, like we talked about on your last show, right. up to $9 million for your particular institution. Well, I did a little bit digger deeping. And when you look under the external resources that she's affiliated with, there's about 10 additional pharmaceutical companies that she's affiliated with. Okay. And one of them is Gilead Sciences. And guess well, what? Wait a second. Produce? Wait a second. Gilead Sciences, what do they make? They make Ramdesivir. What? All right. So <laughs> the lady who says Ramdesivir works and Ivermectin doesn't is connected somehow with the company that makes Ramdesivir. Absolutely. Come on, dude. And so it's th- this kind of uh, lack of. Uh, integrity that really concerns me. Now, I'm not saying that she did anything wrong. I'm just saying that if you have that kind of conflict of interest, how are you going to get individuals to believe you? And we're supposed to believe these individuals because they're coming to us as learned academic individuals. And yet there's always this conflict of interest behind it. How many times have we seen this time and time again, where if you go behind the veil, 
You always see they're associated with the pharmaceutical industry. I want to stop you there. Uh, and, and it's over and over. It happens every time. Inspiration.health is his website. Inspiration.health. Yes, he does telemedicine. It's Dr. Jesse Lopez. So let me make sure that I understand and that we, we're as clear and as concise as we can be with those watching and listening. Because when they turn on the news tonight, the news is going to say ivermectin doesn't work. I will give you my personal experience that you know very well. I got COVID-19, got an ivermectin day one, did it for three days, got in some steroids for my lungs so I can speak. Uh, I was on B12, D3, zinc. I was, fi- I was off the air one day, as you know. So as you said, since day one, if you're going to take ivermectin, you can't wait three days. You can't wait five days. Well, it's effective as an anti, it's what is it, an antibacterial or antiviral on day one, right? Well, well, ivermectin is actually an antiparasitic. And so you, um, as far as the, what its FDA approved um, uh, indication is. However, what we have found is that, of course, like with any other medications, there can be off-label uses. And there were multiple studies, and there have been multiple studies, that show that it had a positive effect. And when you go to websites like c19early.com that does a complete analysis of all the positive and negative studies and puts them all together, does all its statistical analysis, basically 68% of the time, there's a reduction in morbidity and mortality and hospitalizations if ivermectin is utilized. So almost when you water it down. Almost 70%. But as you said, the indication is take it soon. Take it as soon as you find out. Right. So that's what I'm saying with the lack of, of integrity in some of these studies. Yeah. You can design these studies for ivermectin to fail. If you give it on day five, or if you give it at a lower dose, or if you don't give it with the fatty meal, or you don't use it with the other concomitant pharmaceuticals that work, such as the methylprednisolone or the steroid. So unfortunately, these studies are designed for it to look like it fails. And when you look in the background of these individuals that participate, they're in bed with the pharmaceutical company. And I dare them to come out and tell me how much money you made from Gilead Sciences by having an external relationship with them. Exactly right. Now, Remdesivir, the studies, this is not your opinion. This is the studies have told you what? What are the adverse effects? Because I've talked to other doctors who said, "Uh uh-uh, don't get anywhere near that. Right, absolutely. And this is supported by a large study that was done early on. And actually, guess who funded the study? It was the World Health Organization. Well, there you go. And the World Health Organization studied and looked at over 11,000 people. And what it found was that, number one, that it did not reduce mortality whatsoever and that it did not reduce the amount of people that went on the ventilator. But yet this was pushed from the perspective and the narrative that it works super well and something like ivermectin should never ever be tried. And I would hear this from my other colleagues all the time. That doesn't even take into account easily the 30% plus adverse effect that it has upon the liver. I mean, actual outright liver failure. We're talking about remdesivir here, right? Yeah, remdesivir, yes. And also now they're looking into adverse aspects to the kidneys. So there's some serious adverse effects that have been proven. Physicians are scratching their heads saying, why did the FDA approve this medication? And get this, the European Union bought tons of remdesivir before this study was even completed. They buy these different pharmaceuticals before they have all the information and then they're stuck with it. And now a lot of vaccines are being thrown out because people have stopped getting them. It's Dr. Jesse Lopez. Inspiration.health is the website. Inspiration.health. Go there. He's got all these articles up on his website. He also does telemedicine, so check in, to, check in with him on that. Um, I saw the Moderna CEO in front of the Senate panel the other day in front of Rand Paul, who's been great in this entire thing. He's called out Fauci. He proved Fauci to be the liar that he is. Fauci should face charges for lying to Congress. Having said all of that, he asked the Moderna CEO, 
about the $400 million plus dollars that it paid to the CDC. And he asked if he thought that was a conflict of interest, that the company that makes this vaccine, this shot, would pay $400 million to the CDC. And um, <laughs> what was his answer? He said, that's up to the government to decide. He wouldn't, he wouldn't answer the question. Now, Jesse, you're a great doctor and you've got great ethics. Is it ethical for a pharmaceutical company to pay almost a half a billion dollars to a government agency that's dealing with whether your, your medicine is, has any efficacy? No, it's totally unethical and it's inappropriate. And like I stated before, a regular physician who did something like that would be going to jail. And here's the problem is that the federal government is a part patent owner of that vaccine as early as 2016. They've been working on this stuff for a long time. They're not telling the truth. They've been working on this for a long time. So because they are a patent holder, they are entitled to royalties that have come from the sale of this particular, quote, vaccine. Jesse, how, how exactly is it that Dr. Fauci, the NIH, and so many other so-called doctors that work in these government organizations are receiving royalties from vaccine manufacturers? How? Maybe I'm stupid. That sounds really dirty. Well, it, it is dirty. And the problem is that when we question them and we hold them to tasks, then we are labeled as insurrectionists. We are labeled as naysayers. We are labeled as anti-vaxxers when all we are trying to do is get an honest answer. And you can't even get an honest answer when you have somebody sitting before a senator like Senator Rand Paul, who's asking, tell me about myocarditis between the ages of 16 and 24. There's an increase of myocarditis. Is that correct, sir? And, and the CEO starts to give him a bunch of fluff and stuff and never directly answers the question. And this is the thing that's very frustrating to me as a clinician. Answer the questions. Tell the truth so we can help our patients make an informed decision. Well, exactly right. And you've got the CEO there who knows that the, the Nordic countries all stopped using these shots for any male 30 years old or younger. We know that stopped months and months, maybe even a year ago. They said, we're not going to do this anymore. Myocarditis is a real problem. We see people dropping dead because of the adrenaline spike after they've had these, these shots, these mRNA shots. And we know there's a connection. We've all seen died suddenly. I mean, uh, there's a movie out there called That End, a Twitter site that every Every day shows somebody else dying, you know, right there on camera or something because of these shots. So why not just tell the truth? You know, we fit, we feel like it's uh, it's uh, it's got efficacy for people in this age range or in this group of people, or if they've got this other uh, um, comorbidity. But men should not be taking it forty years old and younger. Why can't we just say that? Well, exactly. And when he asked Bansell that, the CEO of Moderna, he outright lied. He said that well, that particular age group actually has a higher risk of myocarditis if they get basically the COVID virus, as opposed to the vaccine. That's a total lie. That's untrue. You have taught me that. Peter McCullough has taught me that. Robert Malone has taught me that. They're actually playing a game here. It's a word game that they're playing. So they say, Fauci says directly, I've seen him say this, that there's an increased chance of myocarditis if you get COVID-19. You and I agree, he's right. There's an increased chance of myocarditis if you get COVID-19. But if you take the shot, it doesn't stop you from getting COVID-19. So the shot gives you an increased chance of getting myocarditis. Getting COVID-19, which you still can, even if you've had the shot, gives you an increased chance for myocarditis. Guess what, Jesse? You just doubled your chances of myocarditis just by taking the shot. Absolutely. What? And, you know, and we, we've talked about this particular study before, and we do have it up on our website. And basically, it talked about COVID-19 vaccine boosters for young adults, and it was a benefit assessment and ethical analysis of policies at universities. 
And it showed that in order to prevent one hospitalization, that you are going to get at least 18.5 serious adverse effects from those that got the COVID vaccine, including anywhere from 1.5 to 4.6 booster-associated myocarditis cases in males, just to prevent one hospitalization. And the conclusion of this paper was that there's no true benefit from this, and there's increased risk to the individuals receiving the vaccine. So why does a guy like Bansell get in front of a senator and lie? That's perjury as far as I'm concerned. Well, And also, I mean, li- lying through omission is the same thing as Dr. Fauci. Because again, unless I'm saying it incorrectly, if there is an increased chance, happenstance of myocarditis from COVID-19, and there's an increased chance of getting myocarditis from getting the shot, and if the shot doesn't stop you from getting COVID-19, you're now increasing your chances of getting it. What, what, what am I missing? 100% A plus B plus C, right? That's the way it follows. But that's what, they don't play it out that way. They try to mislead. They try to stall. And unfortunately, I believe it's all just to pad their pockets, right? So well, that's, that's, that's what they've been doing. Thing. They've all been padding their pockets, and they won't even tell us how much. When Fauci was asked how much is the royalty, he wouldn't say. No, no, he wouldn't. And what's frustrating is that you see some organizations begin to move in a different direction, but yet the CDC and the FDA does not move in that direction. They stay full steam ahead in the same narrative. Even just as of March 29th, 2023, guess what? The World Health Organization is moving to revise their COVID-19 vaccine advice for kids and teens at low risk. Now, the reason that they give is because they say that it's been such a strain and stress upon the vaccination centers and the clinics, et cetera, to try to get everybody vaccinated. And because supply is an issue, again, their reasons are not founded because they were able to give as many people as they wanted vaccines at ballparks and tennis courts and bars and every place else. Plus, there's been a plethora of supply. They're actually throwing it out. There's been plenty of news about these vaccines because they can't give them. People don't want them anymore, except for a few. They're throwing them away. That's a real concern for some of these companies. So if I'm getting so, if I'm if I'm getting your suggestion, they're now cutting back on the recommendation for people for men in this age group. I guess boys and girls in this age group. Uh, they're pretending it's for another reason, but you're you're saying the real reason is they know that there are issues here. That's right. The real reason is that they know that there's significant issues there. So everybody's running for cover, trying to hide the culpability that they have from being involved in this whole situation. It's uh, Dr. Jesse Lopez, inspiration.health, inspiration.health. Go there. Check out all of this information. He's got these peer-reviewed studies up on his site. Also does telemedicine. Only about a minute left, Jesse, but i got to ask you about uh, the FDA adding COVID-19 so-called vaccinations to the schedule of vaccinations people need to go to public schools. I think it's to to keep Moderna and Pfizer from being sued. It keeps them from being liable. Um, is that is that the reason why you think they did it as well? There's no way the FDA thinks this is effective anymore. No, it's absolutely because that they are washing each other's hands and they're looking out for one another. And the problem is that it's going to create significant problems and difficulties for those in your local communities. Even here in Kansas, we just finished and myself and my other colleagues testifying in order to strengthen and enforce and protect our religious exemptions and our medical exemptions because employers are still requiring it, trying to force it. The schools are going to do the same thing. So it's going to take everybody to really get involved and make sure that you don't get blindsided by this. Almost out of time, but but, but I got to know, you've been speaking in front of the legislature there in Kansas. Have you guys, have doctors in Kansas gained the ability to give real advice without worrying about losing your license or losing your place? So far, so good. A lot of my colleagues that were called on the carpet 
The particular charges against them by the state board has been dropped. Good. Even issues concerning hospital boards have been dropped. So here in Kansas, it's been a much better situation than some other places. Uh, even like in Florida, my poor colleague, Dr. John Littell, just yeah. recently lost his board certification uh, because of his stance on early treatment of COVID. There was a good uh, result for Dr. Scott Jensen in um, in Minnesota, which is great. If you're not familiar with the story, look it up. He just he he was successful, and it has to continue to where we have to we can rely on our doctors and and not have to worry about government telling doctors what they can and can't say. It's crazy town when they do that. Jesse, That's thanks a million for coming in and, and doing the update. Let's do it again very soon. You bet. So glad to do it. Thank you for having me, Joe. All right, brother. Dr. Jesse Lopez, Inspiration Health. Go to his website right now. We're back after this. This is the Joe Pag Show. All right, glad to have you. Thanks. I appreciate you stopping by. It's the Joe Pag Show. Incredible information, as always, from Dr. Jesse Lopez, inspiration.health. Make sure you go there. Uh, just so you know, when he's on my show, he's also in my chat room. So um, uh, he's in there chatting with people who are watching the program as we do it. Uh, be very careful with what information you believe. As I always say, go and get your information from several outlets, including mine, and then decide on what's true. Once you put them all together, you'll figure out exactly what is the real story. Uh, we've heard about remdesivir for a long time now, and then we've heard the, the cautions we've been getting about it. We've seen all these studies that say iver- ivermectin works. The left didn't want ivermectin to work. Big Pharma didn't want ivermectin to work. Why? Because it's very inexpensive. It's an award-winning drug. Keep that in mind. It's not some horse paste. And now all of a sudden there's a study that says that it doesn't work. The study happens to be done by somebody who's connected with those who make remdesivir. Pretty interesting. Joe Pag Show, coming back. Stay here. Joe Pags.